Welcome to First Focus, a podcast here at First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, where we highlight various events and ministries around the church. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Adair, pastoral intern of Biblical Counseling. This week, we're going to be interviewing our new youth director, Matt McFarling. He's going to be sharing with us a little bit about himself and some of his vision and excitement for our youth ministry. If you have questions about the show or any ministry at the church, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website, which is firstpresscolumbia.org, or you can email us at podcast at firstpresscolumbia.org. Finally, you can check us out on our app. Let's get to the conversation. Welcome back to First Focus. I'm Josh Adair, one of your hosts, and with us today on our show, we have Matt McFarling, our new director of youth ministries here at our church, First Presbyterian Church. Matt, why don't you say hello? Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being here today, Matt. It's a joy to get to see you more than just in Charlotte, because Matt's also Matt and I have been. Uh, we also go to the same seminary in Charlotte at Reform Seminary up there, and so. Uh, but Matt has recently taken over the position here as our youth director uh, at First Presbyterian Church, and he's here today just to share a little bit about his story, where he comes from, uh, a little bit about he and his wife, and some of his excitement for our exciting youth ministry here at First Presbyterian. And so, Matt, why don't you take it away? Tell us a little bit about your personal story, where you're from, and how you came to know the Lord. Yes. So, of course, testimonies are always interesting to try to sum up in just a few minutes, but Sure. I was born and raised in Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, uh-huh. with believing parents, actually a multi-generational believing family. It was actually a huge blessing, both grandparents on both sides as far back as I know. No one's at least professed unbelief. So, of course, when you have a family dynamic like that, there's a very good stream, a very good influence of just Christian upbringing. But I grew up with, with two parents, neither of them working vocationally in ministry or anything like that, but both feared the Lord and raised me to fear the Lord. Hmm. I was in a large Baptist church in Raleigh for a comparable size to First Pres here. Sure. And honestly, it was very foundational in my childhood. I felt like I understood the basic gospel of faith alone at an early age. I, I knew as a child that uh, God's love for me was not based off of my works, but was based off of what his son, Jesus, did on the cross for me and my sins. And so I actually, I professed faith and was baptized around seven or eight years old. And looking back, I, I have no reason to really think that that wasn't genuine, that that wasn't a genuine moment in my life. But really, from that time, from eight years old through most of high school, my faith was pretty much about in the same place. Hmm. There was not a lot of growth there. Of course, there's all sorts of internal and, and external factors that go into why is someone not growing in the faith. Sure. But a few that I can point to just in my own experience are, I was not seeing a lot of outreach done when sure. I was young. I only knew generational Christians. I only knew Christians that were born into Christian families like me. Sure. And I'd gone most of my life, actually considering how old I am now, even the majority of my life <laughs> of not meeting a new believer. Sure. I'd only known generational believers. And part of that just does something as a young kid when you don't see evangelism and when you don't see people coming to know Jesus. It, sure. it caused me to think of Christianity as a cultural thing 
just as much or even more so than a spiritual reality. Sure. But uh, something changed when my senior year, I became aware of a ministry called Young Life that was mm-hmm. at my the uh, public high school that I attended. And there's something that immediately caught my eye about Young Life because I, I started going to events and the other kids that were there definitely weren't Christians. <laughs> and, awesome, and, and, I, and I say that, um, mm. you know, some people... Some people will go to something like Young Life and see that and will write it off because of that. But something, by God's grace, however his spirit was working in me at the time, recognized that that was a good thing. Yeah. Recognize that these were kids that don't know Jesus but that are interested in mm. coming around and, and, and being engaged with questions. And this, this wasn't just the fun events, but they sure. were coming to the smaller group Bible study called Campaigners as well. So these were kids that were really considering who Jesus was and what it meant to follow him. And here I was as a kid with a bunch of biblical knowledge that I just never put into practice before. Yeah. So when I was going to the small group Bible studies, which were discussion-based, this was like things were starting to click in my mind for the first Mm. time um, as I was kind of expressing it in my own words. And once I saw some of my non-believing friends come to know the Lord, I mean, true life transformation I knew from then on I wanted to be a part of something like that. So that's awesome. At that moment, I don't know if that's when God saved me or regenerated me, or if that was just a massive leap in sanctification. But hmm. from then, I knew I loved Jesus and I really wanted to serve Him. So that led me uh, as I went to UNCW hmm. in Wilmington, North Carolina. I uh, immediately jumped into the Young Life program there and wanted to serve, just because that's. That's what I saw in front of me, and it was an example that I knew I could follow. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. You know, it's it's beautiful to have a covenant family heritage, like what you're talking about, but you are right. There's something very unique about seeing the gospel go forward to other non-believing people that just, it sets a fire in your heart. That's part of my own story, too. I grew up in the church, grew up in a Christian family, but at the same time, it wasn't until I was around people who were coming to faith that it really forced me to realize and recognize just the reality that I want my life to be committed to this Savior whom other people are are seeing in this beautiful way, and I want to know Him better, too. So that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. And so that that leads very naturally into my next question. Tell me a little bit about your call to ministry. You, you were very involved in the parachurch throughout college, and I've heard a little bit of your story elsewhere, but tell me a little bit about your trajectory into ministry as well. Sure thing. Something about the Baptist church that I grew up in was that, and this isn't a knock on it, this is just a reality, is that it definitely wasn't Reformed. So I don't come from a Reformed or from a Presbyterian background or anything like that. But this is kind of how, this is how the call to ministry took place, is that I was serving, in in college I was serving as a volunteer, as a Young Life leader, at this point, I was a film major. I wanted to be a filmmaker for a vocation. I didn't, mm. I didn't have a sense of vocational ministry at that point, but I knew I wanted to serve. But I also just through um, through Christ had a newfound love for the church, and I wanted to get involved in a church. And the one I ended up going to in Wilmington was a church called Christ Community Church. It just sure. happened to be the church that most of the uh, young life leaders went to at the time. And really, what this church was. It's very unique. It was non-denominational, but it was also Reformed and Pado-Baptist, for that matter. Um, (laughs) And really, theology aside, this was just the first place I'd ever experienced Mm. expository preaching. 
That's awesome. This was the first place that the pastor there, just his name is Paul Phillips. He used to be the Young Life Area Director in Wilmington years before I got there. So sure. he was another guy who had a Young Life background, but this Reformed theology and biblical exegesis skills that he was able to pro- to package in just such a profound way. Mm. I was hearing the Bible preached for the first time, it just straightforward. And my I just grew in such a love for God's Word. Um so I was getting poured into at church in a profound way, and I was also being poured out in ministry through Young Life. And uh, God loved me so much, He put me at a high school that was extremely hard to lead at. <laughs> he, uh, he, I did mm. not experience the glamorous side of Young Life when I was leading. Um, mm. uh, very rarely did we have big clubs and very large attractional events. We did. We had ebbs and flows, mountains and valleys. Um, but for the most time, it was grassroots, building relationships with guys, and just trying to communicate the gospel to them in a mm. winsome and applicable way. And even though on a programmatic level, Young Life was very hard at New Hanover High School, where I sure. was, he blessed that ministry, um, mm. and, and he brought some some young men to the faith. And, and it was doing that, I knew... After two out of the four years of doing that, it was incredibly difficult, but I loved doing it. Hmm. And I, by that point, by my sophomore year of college, I was already thinking, I'd like to do something like this for a living. Hmm. Um, so I was thinking of Young Life staff, but of course, the more I was listening to the preaching at, at our church and, and having quiet times and devotional time in the Word, I just started to recognize a desire to preach and a desire to teach. And I ran this by my mentors, and I, I got reps in the youth ministry at the church and things like that. And yeah, and as I as I grew in my understanding of the scripture, my love of the church and desire to serve the church specifically, still love the parachurch absolutely. But my desire for myself to serve God's church just sure. started growing and growing. So after I graduated college, I did a year long full time internship at Christ Community Church in Wilmington which is where I did a lot of stuff with the youth ministry there, a lot of teaching, a Hmm. lot of relational discipleship, just as I was doing with Young Life. And by the end of that internship, it was was kind of both myself and the staff that I was working with was like, all right, Matt, you should... You should pursue this. Yeah. Um, so that's what led me down to Charlotte at RTS. Yeah, and that's also where you met your sweet bride, Elena. That is very true. So, <laughs> yes, Elena hails from Nebraska. Sure. And uh, we both met at first-year students at RTS. Yeah. On some of you that have been there, there's an outdoor basketball court right behind the campus. Okay. And we met at a pickup game there. Um, she has, I think she blocked my shot the first game we played <laughs> together and she has blocked it many times since, but yes, she's great. She's a counseling student mm. at RTS and we have just celebrated our first year marriage anniversary. That's awesome. When was it? Uh, August 3rd. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on that, brother. Thank you. That's awesome. So, well, I, that's so exciting to hear about, Matt, and it's exciting to see the Lord's hand actively at work to get you into ministry and to to see his his narrative that he's playing out in your life to to put you on this trajectory. Well, that's actually a really good segue, Matt, because one of the things, it seems like you've had a lot of experience in youth ministry, and so as you were hearing about this opportunity at our church, tell me, what what seemed most exciting to you as you were considering coming here with Elena? 
Yes. So from one standpoint, just getting to do ministry full time as a vocation and be financially provided for to get to do something you love. I mean, that's everybody wants that with any job, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, and really just for the last seven years, as I've served in youth ministry on both a volunteer and an intern level, anyone that worked with me could tell you, I always wished I had more time. Huh. Um, it was really just a, a time mm-hmm. thing. But of course, uh, in college, you know, my my main calling at the moment was to be a student yeah. and, to, and, to, and to progress in my studies. And then at seminary, my main calling is to be a student, and then I also got to work part time to to provide. When you're in a marriage with two seminary students that are both <laughs> studying and church interns and working part time, multiple jobs just to make rent, we just felt extremely stretched thin. And honestly, we weren't expecting a full time ministry job until we gra- until one of us graduated seminary. Sure. So. Just from the very beginning, hearing about this opportunity, just thinking, I mean, I've already experienced it in the first week and a half, and we're closed because of COVID stuff, but I'm already experiencing. (laughs) I love coming to work and putting Mm. more and more energy towards ministry. How can we reach the kids in our church? How can we reach the kids outside of our church? Um, So just getting to do this as a vocation is exciting, but also when this... uh, when I first heard about this job, I talked to my pastors back at South Charlotte Prez, where I formerly was. Love yeah. that church. Hmm. Um, they gave me some great wisdom. They said, um, this sounds like a great opportunity. However, if they offer you a job, don't take it just because it's a job. Think about right now, and this was before I'd had any detailed conversations about it. They said, write down the kind of youth ministry that you would like to do. Yeah, Think that through. And, and be able to ask yourself honestly while you're talking with them, would you be able to do this kind of ministry here? Hmm. Um, which is good. Philosophy of ministry is important. And, Absolutely, and, dude. And honestly, there's, there could be a hundred good ways to do a ministry. Um, there could be tons of ways that are all faithful to Scripture. Yeah. But if, if you don't mesh well with the team, then it's just going to cause more problems. And as I was thinking through this, um, of course— when you have someone that comes from a, a young life background, but also has a very high standard of expository preaching and biblical teaching, you get a really, what I think has been a, a blessing in my life and a really interesting mix where sometimes there's, if you have a spectrum of youth ministries, you have sure. some ministries, you can call this the far left, and, and this isn't supposed to be a political parallel, but you can call it the, <laughs> the far left where you have some youth ministries that are all about good, clean, fun but really do not emphasize the teaching aspect of it. Sure. And then on the far right, you have essentially seminaries for kids, where <laughs> it's like all about teaching and catechizing, sure. but they really miss a, a joy element to it. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think there could even um, miss an element of Christ is Lord of all of life, even the things we do for fun. Yeah. There is a truth that you can play a game of disc golf with a smile on your face to the glory of God because you're sure. enjoying his creation with his people. Hmm. Um, so I knew I wanted to hit something. I, I don't want to say right in the middle because sometimes that feels like a cop out, <laughs> but I wanted to do something that held a high standard of teaching, but packaged it in a way that hmm. was infused with pursuing the joy of the Lord in all areas of life. Everything mm. from fellowship to eating a meal to just hanging out with each other. I mean, 
the two things I'm most passionate about in ministry, um, and people will learn that as they work with me and get to know me, is teaching and preaching on one end, and then relationships on the other. Hmm. Um, so I wanted to do both of those things, and talking with the committee, the search committee here about that, and just me kind of pouring out my heart to them is like, hey, these are the kind of things I want to do. Hmm. They seemed right on board. Um, and the team so far seems seems right on board. Um, so I'm excited to do that kind of ministry with the resources and the people uh, that First Press has. Hmm. That is exciting. And it's it's amazing to see the legacy that's been built here of that. Like with uh, just knowing Brad, what Brad did for our church here the last 13 years, and then to see the kind of atmosphere that he's built among our youth, among the way that they love the Lord, and then also just what uh, the youth staff, Beth Ann, Trisha, and and even Billy, uh, who's now your intern. That's right. I was two weeks ago. I was an intern, and now I am an intern. But yes, no. It, it actually. I'm glad you mentioned Brad. I still haven't met him, but yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. The the work that he's done here. I'm hearing all sorts of good things. Yeah. Just from a building the ministry perspective, I've been doing youth groups out of living rooms for the last couple of years. So the first time I, because I was at a church plant, yeah, the first time I walked downstairs in the bridge building, I thought, what on earth have I inherited? <laughs> I don't even know what to do with this much space. But yeah. now, of course, with social distancing, it feels like we can't have enough space. But yeah, so 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 praise God for, for what he's done and, and creating an opportunity for me to step into and really take what he's built and run with it. Well, wonderful, brother. It's, I am excited as I hear your heart for this and also as I hear what you most look forward to and just your passion of ministry, getting to see you implement that here, because that's going to be a huge blessing to our congregation to further the work that's been done already um, and the work that's still going on. But that does bring up a good last question. As you think about stepping into this role with the season of life you're in as a, still technically a newlywed, uh, been married a year, and also new city new uh, life down here, what can our listeners be doing to be praying for you? Mm. Yes. In our landscape right now, there seems to be an incredible lack of unity, just in every single topic on the face of the earth. I would appreciate prayers for unity. Mm. Of course, unity between Elena and I as we navigate what it's like to be married while working for a church. Mm. Unity with fellow youth staff and volunteers and I as we try to kind of nail down our mission and vision and what we want to do as we go forward. And then especially unity among the kids. Uh, Mm. We have kids that go to all sorts of different schools that come from different backgrounds. And obviously when you have a group this large, not everybody's going to be best friends with each other. But we also want it to be a place where there is a sense of commonality, a sense of unity um, as they grow as Christians and as they grow in Christ-likeness, that they'll also see the Holy Spirit in each other. Hmm. It would be just what a testimony for people not connected to a church or people that are non-believers to come in, see our youth ministry, and see, man, these teenagers are so different from each other, yet they get along. They, <laughs> they love each other. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what a testimony that would be. So prayers for unity hmm. in all things I would really appreciate. Hmm. That's a that's a huge huge need that we have, and it's a it's a joy to welcome you, Matt. And you know, for you, our listeners uh, in the congregation, I would encourage you to just reach out to Matt uh, here at the church if you want to get to know him even more than just a, a fifteen or twenty minute podcast. He's a great guy, and he's got a sweet wife, and 
they are in need of our encouragement and support here at our church as we seek to continue to move through this unique season of ministry. Matt, thank you so much for being here today, man. It's a huge joy to get to see you in this setting and also to see you in our church. And I look forward to seeing what the Lord's going to do through your ministry, man. Absolutely. I am as well. Thank you, Josh. You've been listening to First Focus. On behalf of Matt, as well as all of the staff here at First Presbyterian Church in Columbia, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to stay connected with our show and be made aware of new episodes as they are released, download our app. All you have to do is search for First Presbyterian Church, Columbia SC, in the app store of your choice. Again, if you have any comments or questions about our show, or even an idea for an episode, don't hesitate to contact us. You can do so by emailing us at podcast at firstpresscolumbia.org. We hope you'll join us again next time, and until then, God bless.